Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Bernadette! It ain't safe around here. I don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now she is about to discover. Helen? What's behind the mystery? You're sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all... Come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware. What's shaking cats and kittens? I'm Rob Lee, and today uh, this is this is a new episode of uh, let's let's watch it again. And I have uh, the wonderful and talented Isaiah Winters back on the podcast. Welcome back, sir. You're back. We're back. I, I'm ready for this. I say this every time. We just pick. We have the best the best movies to review. Like this is this is too much. It's too so, much fun, man. So yeah, I want to get right into it. Um, so we're we're talking about Candyman, folks. Um, the the original 1992 um, film. So 30th anniversary, and um, I'm gonna give those those general. I like to give those generalities. What's the synopsis? What's the background? The tagline? That kind of thing. And I want to get your take. We're gonna start off right with it. Is this okay. accurate of the movie from what we watched? And we've both seen this movie a few times. I would imagine a few times okay. recently, actually. I'm listening carefully. The Candyman, a a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching monster myths. That's one interpretation, right? Here's the other one. Skeptical graduate student Helen Lyle, played by Virginia Madsen, uh, befriends Anne-Marie McCoy, Vanessa Williams, while researching superstitions in a housing project in Chicago's uh, near North Side. Uh, for Anne-Marie, Helen le- from Anne-Marie, Helen learns about the Candyman, Tony Todd, a knife-wielding figure of urban legend that some of her neighbors believe to be responsible for a recent murder. After a mysterious man matching Candyman's description uh, begins stalking her, Helen comes to fear the legend may all be all too real. So those are the two synopsis uh, that are floating around. I'd say the second one is a little bit more. The, the first one's just way too general, but he's not wielding a knife. Oh, well, right. It's a hook. Come on. It's the hook. Like mm-hmm. she has the knife, but it, that's just part of the, the thing, which we'll get into. I think it's closer, but like be friend they're Come on. They're acquaintances at best, I guess at the end, but <laughs> I, I don't know about all that at best. <laughs> so here's the thing. The uh, release date. Because this is a horror movie, it's, it's it's a slasher, but it it feels very it feels very uh, like classic in some ways. Where mm. there are certain sensibilities, it's almost like they're swaying, almost like they're dancing. It has some romanticism to it in the right. way that the storytelling is, and I think it's because of it's a Clive Barker piece, right? Right, and. So this is a October 16th, 1992 release um, directed by Bernard Bernard Rose, music by Philip Glass. He'll come up mm-hmm. later. 
Yes. Uh, box office was twenty five point eight million U.S. and its budget was about nine million. It's okay. it was adapted from Clive Barker's The Forbidden um, and, and Books of Blood. So it was two two pieces. Now, anything anything there before we uh, move on? You said that we're going to get into Philip Glass and the music. Oh man, boy, <laughs> Philip was going off on the keys. I mean, even the intro music, I was like, oh my god, like bracing. Every time I watch it, I got to brace myself. I'm like, all right, did I eat today? Did I have everything that I need? Like this movie's gonna gonna mess with me because, like you're saying, it's it's you know it's a horror slasher, but it is just so smartly done the cinematography so you have anthony richmond on the cinematography bernard rose which i have a question for you about this um is bernie's character um helen's friend named after bernard the director you think i, th- I think it might be a little bit of nod because they, they definitely nod, call her right yeah yeah, they definitely call yeah. Her bernie before she gets blicked off by the way right right exactly <laughs> no i mean we'll we'll move into it but that, that music to start the intro, the way that the, the camera movement, all of it, this, this movie's nuts. It's nuts, bro. So the legacy of this film, uh, the film came, came in at number 75 on Bravo's 100 scariest movie moments. Um, the character Candyman comes in at number eight on a bloody disgusting, the top 13 slashers in horror movie history and ranked, uh, in the same on Ugo's top 11 slashers. The actor who played Candyman, Tony Todd is mm-hmm. ranked number 53 on retro crushes, greatest, uh, 100 greatest, uh, horror movie performances for his role. The film appears on the, the film appears in two sections on the film site, um, on filmsite.org's greatest scary movie moments and scenes and greatest movie twists, spoilers, and surprise endings. In 2001, the American Film Institute nominated uh, this film for AFI's 100 Years, 100 Thrills. And this this is actually a really good one. Uh, South Park parodied the film in season 10 episode, uh, Hell on Earth 2006, in which the notorious B.I.G. appears whenever someone (laughs) says Biggie Smalls three times in the mirror. Yeah, Biggie Smalls. Biggie that smiles. is really funny, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. So do you want to get into trivia first or do you want to get into observations? What do you want to what do you prefer? Let's start with trivia. That would be good. Yeah. I, I want to hear some crazy, some crazy facts. So um, I'll start off with this one. The bees in the movie were bred specifically for this movie. They needed to make sure that the bees were only 12 hours old. So they looked um, so they looked like mature bees, but their stinger wouldn't be powerful enough to cause any real damage. Oh, wow. OK, that that one help is helpful to me. I'm allergic to bees. Not many people know that. <laughs> so the, it scares the shit out of me, man. I mean, like, oh, shit. every time I see them, I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, what is going on on these sets? Like, I would not be OK with this. The exterior hallway and stairway scenes were actually filmed a few days uh, for a few days in the infamous Cabrini Green projects, mm-hmm. though the producers had to make a deal with the ruling gang members to put them in the movie as extras to ensure that the cast and crew safety during the, during the film. That's a little American me, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, even with the arrangement, this is interesting. A sniper pull a bullet, bullet through the production van on the last day of filming, but no one was injured. What? <laughs> Making this this look is like crazy in this because it's like, <laughs> oh, you have all the shot, you know, when when Helen goes in and she's taking photos and stuff. And in me, I'm like, damn, how many times have I been in this situation where like you're just not paying attention? I'm definitely more um, observant than she is. But yeah. <laughs> it's that's crazy, bro. Like, I, I think it just lends itself to like why this film is so good. It hits on so many different mm-hmm. topics and spaces and stuff like, oh, no. And Eli Roths, uh, and he's 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 a horror nerd as well mm-hmm. as director uh, and actor. Um, and Eli Roth's history of horror slashers, part one in 2018. Uh, Tony Todd said that he was stung 26 times um, in the space of the Candyman trilogy. And uh, I think the, I'd heard that before. Yeah. So in the first Candyman movie, he was uh, stung 23 times in the first one. So he negotiated in his contract that every time he was stung, he would get a thousand dollars. Right. It's a nice little bonus, especially if you're not like he he, he obviously couldn't have been allergic. I'd be like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I'd be asking to guess. Well, not me, but <laughs> someone else. <laughs> someone. Yeah, I got stung. 
While investigating one of Candy Man's crime scenes, uh, Helen and uh, Bernadette discovered that the designer department's medicine cabinet had a possible point of entry for an intruder. This was uh, not a made-up piece of horror movie fiction. While researching oh. the film, Bernard Rose um, learned that a series of murders had been committed in Chicago in this very way. I've been, okay, I was waiting to hear about this one because I know that this had happened, but wasn't it recently a few years back where like, I think a woman in New York City Mm-hmm. found out that her apartment had a situation just like that exactly like the same way where she pulled it down and then it led to another small apartment that was ba- like almost exactly what was in there and i'm like what like this is real this this shit is real so 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 that actually makes me think is the is the way that they filmed or the idea that they film the mm-hmm. the mirror, the medicine cabinet, that whole thing. Is that like a different spin on medicine cabinet? Because they use the mirror trick and all of that stuff. Right. That they are fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's really scary. I, my new spot has a medicine cabinet like that. Luckily, the <laughs> only thing that it would be facing is outside. So I'm like, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. But no, there's something creepy about it, man. Even the action of like opening it up, closing it, and then not knowing what you're going to see when you close it. <laughs> Nah, they they got us with that one. And that's why I had to mention, you know, pour one out for Anthony Richmond. Actually, he might still be alive. I don't want to be disrespectful, but the cinematography that he was doing, um, the the camera movement, all of it. I was like, good Lord, like this man was out to get us. He was really out to get us. Uh, Viewers may think of Candyman as one of the horror genre's most terrifying villains. But Bernard Rose said that the idea has always been kind of a romantic figure. And again, romantic in a sort of Edgar Allan Poe sense. That's kind of what I was trying to get to earlier. Right, right. Um, It's the romance of death. He is a ghost. He is also the resurrection of something that was kind of unspoken and unspeakable in American history, which Mm -hmm. is slavery as well. So he's kind of a come back and he's haunting in a new version of this racial segregation in Chicago. Right. And no, I thought Tony Todd agrees. Yeah. It's so smart. I mean, the way that they do it is just so smart. And it's it having seen the new one, no spoilers for that, but it's like, <laughs> oh man, they really seeing this again just reminded me how well they've been able to follow this story and then but but keep it back to that original theme of like these unspoken horrors, these unspoken tragedies. I mean, that's what we're dealing with today where people don't want to acknowledge this shit. It's like, all right, Candyman's gonna Candyman's coming for a lot of y'all. <laughs> a lot of y'all uh Trump twenty twenty four people. All right. And and, and just to kind of bullet point because it's in a trailer, I, I I don't do the spoil thing, but I like to play the game of what's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. The one carryover from the trailer that was in the original kind of does. We don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't know if that was subtle, but that's that connection. That's that bridging thing in my mind. Yeah. No, Candy- definitely pick up on that. Candyman's lair was designed to look like a gothic church constructed by the people who believed in him, um, living in Cabrini Green. Yes. Yeah, especially um, that end, that ending where it's like kind of doing that slow pull into the painting. Yeah, you can see the space better. Virginia Madsen, uh, also just ah, chef kiss. Uh, yeah. Virginia Madsen had to get up and close and get up close and personal with those bees. In fact, almost um, forced her to pass on the role. When Bernard Rose was first asking uh, me to do the film, this is a quote from her. I said, "Well." I can't because I'm allergic to bees. Um, he said, uh, no, you're not allergic to bees. You're just afraid. Uh, so I had to go to UCLA to get tested because he didn't believe me. <laughs> and I was wow. tested for every type of venom. I was far more allergic to wasps. So he said, well, we just have a paramedic here on site. <laughs> See, you just brought something back to me because it's, you're right. I'm not allergic to bees. I'm allergic to wasps, less so bees. But I just... Stay, I stay away from all of them. I, I don't. I don't have time to sit there and, and look at what you are. I don't want to get stung. Seems seems a little racist. Seems be racist. I'm sure she. I'm sure she negotiated that into the contract. Though I'd have been like, I got this from the doctor, this from the doctor, this from the doctor. yeah. Smart because one That's of them, a businesswoman. One of the the stinging uh, fuck fuck bugs. I like to call them. Yeah. They hurt more, but their sting is yeah. is poisonous or what have you. Is it the yellow jackets? Might be. I don't know. Who Some knows? of them are I've been stunned by all of them. Yeah, they just get mad. Hornets are just angry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just because they lost Anthony Davis. Moving on. Um, that's the Pelicans, <laughs> actually. Um, 45 minutes. Uh, let's see. Where is this at? Oh, okay. And... <laughs> 
so there was a bee vacuum on on site as well to kind of bring all of the bee, bees back. back. In a 2012 interview, um, Virginia Madsen said that, she, that she's most recognized for this role. Um, people recognize me from the film and more than anything else I've done. And mm-hmm. it means a lot to me. Um, and after all the years of struggling as an actor, you you want people to see you and say, oh, wow, that's that's you. You were in this. Yeah, hey, you're, you're, you're freaking Helen Lyle. She's that's- not related to Michael Madsen at all, is she? I think she is actually. I kept I kept looking and I was like, I don't know if I'm just projecting this, but I could see features uh-huh. um, that look similar between the two. So I'm not sure. Let's see. Because that would be that would be a nice little. Yeah, that's fact. her brother. Okay, that's what. Okay, I was like, this has to be his sister. They look too similar. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Candyman combines sense. elements of two urban legends. Do you know the urban legends that it combines? Uh, isn't it? Is it Bloody Mary and That's one. Um, Bloody Mary and the second one is oh. lesser known. What is the second one called? The Hook. And the the urban legend is it's a killer with a hook for a hand who attacks uh, couples in unparked in, in parked cars. Oh, sh- okay. No, I've not heard of that one, but I've done Bloody Mary a few times. I, oh my God. I, I'm assuming you've done it. Like every kid who grew up in this time period did that. I'm, uh, I've not actually. I have avoided it. At okay. All costs. <laughs> I, I have a quick story about that Better. with my cousins. We used to always go stay at my aunt's house when I was younger. I'm talking like six, seven. And I had cousins at every age, you know. So when I was over there, I was usually with my old ones that are like a year, two, three years older than me. And I still remember to this day her bathroom being in there. And they're like, you know, you're saying Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And then we got to the last one and they pushed me down, run out, close the door and hold it closed. And they're like, we're not letting you out until you say it one more time. And I just screamed and screamed and screamed until they let me out. Like, I think it was, I was screaming so loud that eventually my aunt came and was like, what the hell are y'all doing? (laughs) Remember the bathroom? It was like a turquoise blue staring at that mirror. Like this, this shit is real, man. (laughs) Those urban legends get to you. Like I'm, I'm 32. This happened more than 20 years ago. And I still am like, Oh God. No, no that's, it's, it's legit, though. I'm it's, not it's, saying it. Why did they say it five <clears throat> times? Why did they do it? So apparently the in, I think in the book, it was 13 times. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, come at on. A point you're you're like, I'm all set. Yeah. Third, I'm going to be like, what? How many times did I say this? You know, you listen to artists like the intentionality of my work, the intentionality of you summoning Candyman. <laughs> you didn't right. do it you, by mistake. <laughs> you asked for this. You also, signed a waiver. Also, 13 is unlucky. So it's just like, you know, you're going to die, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. 13. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that stuff is all part. Yeah. So director, b- b- director uh, Bernard Rose and Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd, uh, they so he had them take Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen take ballroom dancing classes together so they would have more of a romantic connection when playing their characters. You know what? I didn't notice how like... Um, sensual like all that stuff was between them yeah. until this recent rewatch i was like yeah this is really and then you get into the history of it you're like oh i didn't realize that this was really like taking that shit back to this like forbidden love bro you know someone <laughs> you know interracial relations i was like whoa like they were really going in with this this is bernard rose's response to jungle fever <laughs> basically <laughs> shit uh this is tony todd's favorite um role that he's played um, really, and his and his favorite movie. Oh wow! Um, that of his own, like the movies he's been. I in. mean, it kind of set him up to. Uh, I feel like he kind of typecast himself. Like, how do you play? It's just such an iconic role. Like his performance is nuts. I, th- you you've seen you've seen The Crow, right? Yeah. So remember, he's in it. And he looks somehow younger. Yeah. I, did did they like? Was it makeup or what was that? Like he looked like a dope boy in the crow, and I was like, I know you look a thousand like in a movie that came out earlier because crow comes out I two know. years after this. I guess it was like the ma- not even the makeup, but like what the what they had him in and everything too is like it just that's good directing. Um, Philip Glass composed the score, but was disappointed in the film. He was not a fan. Philip. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you're what are right. you talking about? The 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 intro that hits. I, I was re-listening to it. I was like, yeah, I feel like I want to freestyle of this. Like what, what Right, like, what? right. <laughs> I was like, I was starting to like move around and shit. I was like, no, get 
get yourself together because you're about to be scared. You're going to be caught off guard. <laughs> um, and I think this t- ties into what you were touching on earlier. Um, the opening uh, credits feature a great aerial view of Chicago, which was mm-hmm. pretty revolutionary at the time. Um, it was a new, mas- a new machine called the Skycam, which could shoot oh. uh, 500 millimeter lenses with no vibration. And um, Bernard Rose told The Independent, you've never seen uh, anything shot like that before, and at least not something done so smoothly. Yeah, no, that was nuts. I I didn't even think about the fact that that was 92. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, It's like they had one of those damn DJI drones up there stabilizing everything. And with the music and too, it was just moving, you know, that's a smooth opening, bro. That's one of the cleanest openings to a film I've seen in a long time. And in, in respect to the font, the typography there too. Right. All of it. All yeah. of it. The music, the font, the shots. It was just, I was taking notes, bro. And I think because the movie at times has this kind of sparseness in terms of the scares, you have these gaps to build things. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But <clears throat> I think doing that intro, which I think is 10 on 10. Um, when you get to the, uh, regaling of that urban legend, the one that has, uh, Ted Raimi in it, Mm -hmm. it's like, all right, I got questions. And I was like, so I was like, Candyman's foreplay though. Like, what what are we doing? Like, I've, like, I've been in a bathroom. I'm not like, this isn't what this looks like. You know, this this seduction is not what this looks like. I know. Right. I was Look, she was like, you know what really know. gets me was, hot and bothered, Mike? <laughs> it was really troubling to me. I was like, this is one of those, like, I really like um, true crime, like, to a to a disturbing level or something like that. The kind of, just the, the vibes I was getting off of that scene was a lot. Yeah, it was like, whoa, what's going on here? Something's also, wrong. Also, this may be just me being deep into the weeds, but... I think they start off with leather jackets being a sign of trouble. Every time I see a leather jacket, bullshit's afoot. She likes the bad leather. boys. That's what she said, right? Yeah, the leathers, man. It's <laughs> an easy way to show it. They're like, all right, wait, wait, wait. How do we convey that he's cooler than her boyfriend that she yeah. cheated with? Okay, throw a leather on, my guy. He already has a motorcycle. Throw a leather on. It's done. Uh, Virginia Madsen was hypnotized and giving a trigger phrase on set with um, on her, for her scenes with uh, Candyman. Madsen grew increasingly uncomfortable with the method, so it asked it to be canceled. Like, yo, we got to cut this hypnot- hypnotism out. It's oh, go. wow. They put they put her through a lot, honestly. Uh, yeah. Like this, yeah, the scenes when he shows up and you get that sense of her being just like completely under his spell. A lot of shit that I missed when I was younger, I was just like, "This is scary." There's a scary man here. Like she really is just like that's what makes Candyman so scary because you're like, "Damn, my boy framed her up so clean yeah, yeah. that she didn't stand a chance." Like they really think that she killed all these people and her, but like, and then you get into the doubt of like, did she do it? You know, Candyman right. man is, he's a, he's a nasty little, he's a nasty dude. Uh, two recasting Real possibilities, nasty. two, uh, other Oof. options. Uh, so okay. Virginia Madsen was almost what really, 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 really famous actor who at the time was unknown, dark hair, like very famous. Um, I don't want it like, cause I'm thinking Gina Davis, but just because we already had her, who was it? But it's dark hair, though. Dark hair. Keanu Reeves reference. Oh, no way. Carrie Ann Moss? Sandra Bullock. Sandra. I was good. Sandra Bullock was my next guest. Whoa. <laughs> I don't, you know, I love Sandra Bullock. I don't know. I don't know about this. I think Helen, I think um, Virginia Madsen as Helen was just, like perfect uh, casting. It was so good. Now you're going to like this one. Okay. This was, um, so Tony, uh, Tony Todd is six foot five. So he's a little taller than I am. Uh, this five foot nine actor was considered for the title role, but they needed someone taller. This actor also is a very, very, very famous comedian, obviously black. Eddie Murphy. It was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy is a class act. He's he's a great actor. He almost got his Oscar for Dream Girls until he did Norbit that same year. We all know. Look, Eddie Murphy, your talent. I would love to work with you. Talk to you someday. Fuck out of here. No yeah. way, bro. Eddie Murphy was skinny, he was man. so skinny and like he, Eddie Murphy is like smaller than me. 
There ain't it, no way. With that jacket would have swallowed him up. I mean, he did have a chance to be a, a horror movie person, right? With a uh, vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. But still, that was comedy to me. It was that still was hilarious. comedic, though. Yeah, yeah, it was nothing scary about it. I was just like, oh. But it wasn't like Tony Todd. Like, when I saw him, I'd be like, damn, I'm about to have a bad, like, five minutes here. This is like, going to work out for me. Yeah. Um, whenever Candyman walks, uh, there's there's no sound for footsteps, signifying the status as a rumor and a mythology powered by the superstition coming to life. Right. Right. Huh. huh. But then they have the float. Uh, uh-huh. th- this just makes the, the, the <clears throat> new one is so good just because of the power of the, the strength, the, the pure strength of this film. Um, it uh, it took an hour and a half. I'm sorry, it took a half an hour for all of the bees to get into Tony Todd's mouth. And he recalled being in a trance when he let all of the bees just eh, out. So they were real bees in his... What? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, hold up. You said it took an hour and a half. A half an hour, sorry. Half an hour to get... What were they putting a funnel in his mouth? He was Maybe. only getting a thousand dollars per bee, bro. Oh no! See, these are probably the baby bees that didn't even have stingers. That's method acting, bro. Because that that you know you you just see that would all of, be CGI. That's all CGI now. It's crazy the, the practical effects. They're like, all right, all right, all right, Tony. So this scene, yeah, yeah, yeah no big deal. We're just gonna put about a hundred baby bees in your mouth. You're not gonna swallow them. They're not gonna sting you. Hell no, bro. Um, no way. So see, uh, Clive Barker's short story was uh, placed in Liverpool. That was the original basis of this story was in Liverpool, not Cabrini Green. Um, While discussing Cabrini Green, Bernadette tells uh, Helen she heard of a kid that got shot there the other day. Ironically, on October 13th, so that's three days before Mm -hmm. this movie would have come out. Before the release. Yeah. Uh, a boy in a real life resident named Dantrell Davis uh, was killed by a stray bullet while walking to school. The school was identified. The uh, shooter was identified as a local gang member, Anthony Garrett, who was intended to kill a rival. Garrett was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to a hundred years. Holy shit. A hundred. Hey, they give a real time. I mean, that's, that's tragic. That's really, yeah. that's really messed up. Cause it fits in with so many different things. You know, I'm surprised and maybe this comes down to the families and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I feel like that close to it. I would have, I would have put some kind of dedication or something. Absolutely. Um, for him, you know, but I know that that shit is a lot. It's a lot more. It's easier to say that now than back in the day. People would have been like, I don't care. You know, I, who knows how that would have been received. Like, was it dribbling? You know, you want, you don't want to do right, that. Exactly. I'm like, oh, well, well, yeah, it's like and then it kind of fits in with the stuff that's going on in the thing, you know, some of the stereotypes and stuff that are coming out. Which this is actually a good segue for that. Clive Barker was confronted by a number of academics who accused him of taking advantage of and using African-American urban legend with the simple fact that he created a story, created a story of Candyman and where the villain was white and that it was, in fact, not an actual urban legend. So it's like a little modification for the movie. Like forbidden yeah, is not quite it's this. Self, it's self-aware because they have the scene and I put this in my notes where it does that hard, that like smash cut going yeah. from Helen talking to Anne to Helen at the dinner with the academics. Yes. yes. And the academic who's like, oh, you haven't even, like they literally address it. That is honestly, that's one of the cleanest ways I've seen any film like this kind of address uh-huh. that history and like that whole notion of like these kind of, progressive know-it-all academics versus someone who's yeah it's it you get into that whole idea of knowing it creating it fleshing out this story the publishing yeah i, I like good. i like that too because it connects to the, the new one too when they had mm-hmm. that that weird arty dinner and that i was like art, yeah, yeah yeah i was like this is great um also helen says something too when uh mm-hmm. she's with bernadette she's like oh yeah one white woman has something happen and suddenly the police are knocking down doors i was like Hmm. Yeah, they, they on, yeah, yeah, they're like, how did you do it? They flesh, they got everything out. Like, I think that it kind of, you know, it's easy to call everything ahead of its time. Yeah. This movie is a goddamn masterpiece. It really is. Like, it's nuts how many things that they hit on in this film that are still relevant today. And like, we got the remake. I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. You didn't even need it. Like, you could just have people watch this film again, mm-hmm. and I think it's still like so powerful with this 30 years the, the the two the two movies the this one and the remake i i like them both for different reasons they're they're different yeah. movies but the remake or sequel 
has a pays a fair amount of homage and it works. Um, but I, I, I have comments uh, about one mm-hmm. particular actor and I'm, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. And I have one more thing I want to say about that. I oh, like that this film focuses on the academic side, being a grad student currently. And then the remake focuses on the art side, being yeah, yeah. a grad student who's in the art, <laughs> an art grad student. Uh-huh. It's like, wow, there's a lot of criticism there. And I think that they do it in such a way that's like, so subtle it's not directly in your face but it's like if you know these spaces and you sit in on some of these hyper progressive chats and stuff like that it's like okay but what are you guys actually doing are you exploiting are you actually doing anything i think that it like the story of Candyman in general is like oh man it's just so good it's so good i don't care i don't care if he made it up Candyman needs to continue my my girl asked me about that, and when we we went to see it at uh, the um, Parkway, and mm-hmm. she was like, we saw it, like when it first like premiere, what have you, and she was like, what do you think about this specific like criticism around like art, specifically like black art and all of that, since you're interviewing yeah. these people, and I was like, oh, boy. seems very familiar, <laughs> seems very accurate, quite accurate. <laughs> Um, so Tony Todd compares this character to um, this character's ability to evoke fear, suggestion, and seduction to Scarecrow from DC Comics. And he also compares the, oh, the uh, character shit. to the Phantom of the Opera and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. These are, I think all of them. I think all of them are really great, especially the Scarecrow with those scenes where he just has her hypnotized and like is telling her what she's going to do and their deal. The, yeah, ex- like the whisper of it he's doing he's doing a little whisper song out there i may have, I I may have said that a few times yeah baby. yeah it's <laughs> like all right man chill out um so uh so tony todd gave a backstory for, um in rehearsals with virginia madison for candy man mm-hmm. he's like yeah the, the, the character's name is granville d t candy man i was like come on um <laughs> and who had forbidden love and interracial love with a white woman and, and you know whose portrait he paints i was like this is amazing so the name granville was never used in the first film and in the sequel they yeah, farewell to the flesh which i love right. new orleans not not a good not a good movie um yeah they give him the name which they which they use moving forward is uh, Daniel Robitaille, mm-hmm. which is a good name, but it's like suddenly now he's like a New Orleanian, and it's like New Orleanian. It's like yeah, okay, I guess. Now, now ones. Yeah, I, I like this original kind of. It's just Candyman. It's Candyman. Uh, so Candyman doesn't appear until 44 minutes into the movie and it was funny because when I was watching it I was like alright it's about 43 I was like oh see when he pops up I was like ah it's like programmed now that I know this is happening mm-hmm. uh, let's see <laughs> damn it's not even a long movie that's halfway that's halfway like, through the movie yeah, halfway through the film wow um, Virginia Madsen confirmed that Candyman was intended to be the African American Dracula that's how people kind of were looking at it. And I was like, I, I suppose. But not Blackula? I mean, I guess Stop. it worked. <laughs> and interestingly, groin to gullet is another Shakespeare reference. The first one being uh, sweets for the sweet. Um, mm. Groin to the gullet is from Macbeth, where it is rendered from the knave to the chaps. Isn't that how she finishes um, Homeboy off at the end, Trevor. Oh, Trevor's bitch ass. We we can. We can yeah. Talk about oh, we gonna talk about Trevor, boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, that's pretty much the majority of things that I had in there in terms of uh, trivia. The yeah, the thirteen times instead of five. Um, yeah. Oh, the <laughs> that's great. Candyman coat was uh, Candyman's coat was originally a dark purple, mm-hmm. in, uh, emulating a certain Candyman of a different kind. Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, I did. I did not pick up on that. The murder Willy Wonka. <laughs> Oof. Uh, oh no, that's yeah. that's dark. And the uh, the decapitation seems a bit rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, the the kills in this they're pretty brutal. I mean, at least the aftermath, you know, and all the blood too, especially where she wakes up. Um. There's a lot there, bro. The dog, like, did I have to see the dog decapitated? Like, like, did I have to see that? I don't know. Oh, that's why I don't like her. Great. Great. I just learned something. I just learned something from reading these notes. So, Bernadette. Mm -hmm. So, that's uh, Casey Lemons. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey Lemons. Yep. Casey. So, she was was also uh, Ardelia from Silence of the Lambs. 
Because oh. I have a question, literally, and we, and we can get to these questions, um, favorite scenes and things like that, because I'm, I'm all out of trivia. Yeah. Um, I, so do you want to go questions first? Or you want to go observations or what worked, what doesn't work? What do you what do you got? All right. I mean, I think observations probably this film. I feel like the like I don't have too many questions with it. You know, I think that it kind of just like it's a hit. It, it did what it needed to do, you know. Okay. Um, but I do have some observations about some of the characters and things that kind of like occurred during it. So let's get into observations and then maybe that'll kind of bring up some some questions there. Okay. So so observations. The the first one I said, I was just like question more so. It's like so yeah. so the story of Candyman is foreplay. It's not a it's not a good it's not a good way to start, guys. Um the what so in that early scene when um or when Bernadette and Helen finished talking with the students well, mm-hmm. the, about the different urban legends, and then Helen talks to like the janitors or the cleaning ladies there. Yeah. I was like, "This is why I talk to cleaning ladies. They actually know what's going on. They know everything." Because they, they, they both of them reminded me of my mom from like back in the day. I was like, "Oh shit!" It's like, "What's well, so just be?" They listen. They hear. Like people don't even pay attention. You know. Um, I talked so about they the just per- know stuff. I talked about the parallels in the uh, the future film and this one in terms of the the, t- the table with academics versus the table with the uh, act the the, the artist. Um, yeah, uh, Trevor is a hot boy. Is one thing I wrote down. I was like, this dude is bugging. Trevor, what, that's what I wrote down. I said Trevor was going through some shit at the end, man. Like a cautionary tale. <laughs> Even all the Candyman stuff aside, I was like, bro, this man got caught up was not there like i don't know what he could have done because they had already kind of activated candy man but <laughs> trevor trevor was down bad bro candy man like, engage yeah candy man was already out here he was out yeah the other observation i had uh helen's therapist or the person that she was working with a caseworker um that was his first murder that you could see the rest of them were off screen but this dude got gutted and you know like murdered off you're on mute You're on mute. Oh, can you hear me now? Sorry yeah, about that. No, you good. Um, yeah, it was one of those things where I, I I was like, oh, is she imagining this at first? Like, my man just got ripped. He's like, it, he like started his spine. I, yeah. I don't know. That one was brutal. It was rough. And then threw it and then jumped out the window. Like, <laughs> I will say, I, like, I, I was watching the, they had like the best scenes on, on YouTube and that scene popped up, but when you worst first see it and you pause it, I was like, "This looks really inappropriate." Oh, I know, because it's like this weird grunting, and he's like behind us, like, "I know." Okay, I like, should have shot this you? different. I should have shot this a little different. Um, they probably wanted it that way. And really, you you're fucked. So yeah, that's literally the the thing. Um, let's see. I, this is a this is a funny one actually. I was like, "Yo, so so no no B reference for the Wu, no Candyman references, but all of these Bs for the Wu Tang Clan, nothing." All right, then. None. Uh, lastly, you you might find this one because you, you're 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 a black man such as I, so you probably noticed this. Notice how man. all of the black police had nothing for Helen after she after the body started dropping. Bro, they 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 really were they were done with that shit. The black the black they, detective, he was like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Oh they, shit!" Yeah, he he was done with that shit. It, it switched up real fast. His mustache was so angry. <laughs> and even like when when uh, you saw that uh, Bernie got got blicked off, even the black chick that was in there, she was like, mm-hmm. the black police officer who was oh in there. Because yeah, you're thinking you're like, oh, this white lady gone crazy. She's going over these places, causing all this shit. Like, yeah, there's a and it kind of speaks to that unspoken kind of communication that black people have with yes. each other or like we can kind of we're like okay you just you give a look or like something you're like okay what the, you know she's crazy right here? right <laughs> yep. and it's just it's just that shift once we get to that point where to you to as you so eloquently put it w- once Candyman is activated that's yeah. when that shift of the black ancillary because there's a lot of black people in this movie and an ancillary mm-hmm. kind of um uh, uh, I guess uh background casting sort of perspective and they all give that same look like mm-hmm don't trust yeah. guys anyway. You fuck, yeah. You fucked with the wrong community. I mean, it, that's what makes the end so powerful too. When they when they all show up, you know, yeah. At the at the funeral, it's just like damn. Like 
Helen, Helen's a, she's, she's a street legend, bro. Like <laughs> she, 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 she's, what is she hood? Fam- she's hood famous. Stop. Um, so, so what do you, what do you have in terms of observations, things that you've noticed? Well, you know, I mean, we hit on a few of them. I love that Philip Glass, uh, this is to you. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. You created some, some iconic music there. Never change. Um, and yeah, we were just talking about it, like kind of the differences between white people and black people and how they were interacting in the story. And then we talked about the academics and like that whole dinner situation as well, um, which I really I thought was interesting and like an eloquent way to kind of show that issue with maybe her going into this space and kind of just like doing her little thing and then going out. And if she, let's say like she hadn't said Candyman's name five times she could have gotten in and out of there and never really helped anybody like that community would have continued suffering and i think that kind of lends itself to some of the larger themes that are going on there you know um i put i put in my notes that uh, helen was an og she fucked around (laughs) and found out she she said Candyman five times and then you know had to go through some shit um and I, i think like something the way that tony todd kind of portrays this character it just really i don't know there's just so much unspoken and there's so much that he's able to convey through like we were talking about those whispers and kind of the gestures and things that he was doing Mm -hmm. that like i think that you know i enjoyed this film before and i'm sure we'll get into ratings and stuff like that but like i said before it was just like every time i put it on i'm glued to the screen and like they really had a, it, it makes me think of how hard or how difficult of a task they had when they were making this new version of Candyman with, with Yaya, you know, and I think, I don't know. I don't know how they could like, do you think that they're going to continue that story or what do you think they're going to do? I think, I think there's an opportunity to do it, but I think the mythos gets a little weirder and they kind of double down on it with the, right. the, the, the new one where almost it, it I would have framed it almost as if, because they kind of did it when you had that nod to Tony Todd. Yeah, it's like, Oh, very... if you were saying, Oh, he's possessed, that works yeah. better for me mm-hmm. under the frame of it's an urban legend, which I think that's the way you can extend it uh, into yeah. these places that have been blighted, these black places that have been blighted or uh, uh, culturally raided. Um, right. But I, I don't know. I think this, if one retconned the following, what the, the other, the sequels, the original mm-hmm. sequels, and just said, this is part two, everything that in the first one and this one are Canon. Right. I would like a series. I would like something that kind of takes from that mythos and, um, but I, I don't know. And I want Tony Todd to, involved in a, in a, in a little bit of a different way. Like I like Yaya in it, but, yeah. um, Tony Todd is, he's candy man. That's, that's candy just, man. That's just yeah. what that is for me. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. And I think a series could be interesting because you could spend more time getting into some of these topics. It's like, why do you have, you know, and even when, um, what is it? And when she's speaking to them initially about like, Oh, you can kind of hear the screams and this, and it's like, it's speaking to a lot of different things mm-hmm. and like violence. And then even the discussions that they were having about, um, the the projects being turned into condos and it's like oh you can sell this to white people you can sell this for more money but it's literally the same thing and like we're just gonna you know add a little bit more fluff and some other things and like it has a more unobstructed view it really made me think of baltimore in a lot of ways and like the way like back in i think it was the 60s and 70s because you know me i'm big into like the the history and whatnot and when they were making the decisions for um, 83, for example, and like where it was going to cut through and where it was going to stop. And it was like a lot of that came down to what areas do they want people to funnel into? What areas do they not want people to go to? Do they want um, transportation and stuff like that to be easy for certain communities and difficult for others? And it's like we're still living with the effects of that. So then people will come out and say, oh, well, what, this or that. It's like you don't even understand the history, mm-hmm. which which is why I love this film so much, because it really takes you back to that original sin of of him deciding to be with this white woman. And it's like, do you know, do we know anything about her? Was she into which like there's so many places that you could go with that story um, and kind of move forward, I think. Yeah, I think that it I think that as a film, at least in the new one, 
it was it was entertaining, but I think that a series or a longer story would be an interesting way to kind of um, get at a lot of the rich themes that are in it, you know, because it's an hour. Like, how do you have a film that's an hour and a half long that is like this good and this dense? There's like no wasted time. And but but that's the thing with speaking specifically of that of the new one that like I liked it, but also I felt like there was a lot of stuff hanging out there, a lot of threads they could pull. Right. Um, and there was a few superfluous things in there, but there were some threads that they could pull. Namely, you know, I'm blanking on, I'm blanking on her name, but like Yaya's like fiance's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of does that things like, yeah, you know, he gonna be just like daddy. Like, you know, daddy was an artist and X, Y, and Z happened. I was like, what are we to take with that? Because right. it seemed like you guys were kind of pointing to something, but didn't go anywhere with it. And I totally you know, forgot about that. Yeah. And it was I almost as if that. it was almost as if certain things aren't needed. And that that's, what's going to bring me back to this next thing. I think that, uh, mm-hmm. so I got a new segment and we'll get to this, but I got a new segment called one fix. Mm-hmm. And I like to, whenever there's like, stuff that we like stuff that we don't like. I think there's always one fix that can take a movie from being a B minus to a B plus or and so on. Yeah. Give it a one a half point. So I got a few questions before I get to that part. Yeah. Um, is there a buddy cop movie with having Helen and Bernadette somewhere in this movie? Like, in the, <laughs> you know, when they first pull up. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that chemistry was good too. I mean, I think that there, there is, there is somewhere maybe if they went a little bit further with the research, but like we said, it just moved so briskly. It was like, all right, Bernie, you out, you out of here. That, that, that hurt my heart to see her go like that. You know, you're gone at the halfway point and we're right. a wrap. She's now blue. She you're looks like she's from the she proud turned fast too. I was like, Oh no. What, what are their <laughs> names again? What is it? The, the, um, what are the sisters names? Damn. I can't remember what they're blue as hell. They're ashy. I think they were supposed to be ashy. That's wild. Um, let's see. Uh, this this goes into so was was Helen buried in a wig? Because I mean, when she's dead, it's gone. When she's back, that was it's some there. good work. That was some good work. So yeah, they um, yeah, they definitely did some work on her uh, at the funeral home, the fix show. Because that was what I know. I was like, I know that I shouldn't be thinking about this right now, but I was like, damn, how did they get a wig that's like the exact? color and cut like somebody was in there what was that movie with adam sandler like don't mess with the zohan or whatever yeah, where yeah. he's like the, he's like the, the barber the i was like bro i was like bro they really had like chicago's best hairstylist in here like fixing her up for this funeral like trevor was really a fuck boy in a lot of ways but he yeah. sparked for the funeral so respect on that trevor um let's see uh i already mentioned the thing about bernadette and uh ardelia because they're they're neck and neck for me in terms of black women with the, with the white friend, and it's yeah. like you're not great. You're, you're not a great black chick. I don't really fuck with you. Yeah, I know, and I, and I hate it. It. <laughs> it was it was really tough, you know, because it's just like there were some points, especially when they go into the projects and stuff, where they're like, okay, she was kind of like being smart, like telling her like, don't do, no, you do this or that you do that. But she was a little bit too passive, I think in a lot of ways. And like, you don't want to lean into caricature, but like, yeah, I think she was a little too comfortable. She was classic too. Yeah. She was a little bit too comfortable in like her space. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's probably drug dealers here and blah, blah, blah. It's like, right. what are you saying? I'd uh, be like, yo, so let's talk about this. Like there's drug, maybe there's drug dealers here, but let's fucking t-. like, you know, she did a little bit, but it was like, you didn't really do too much to um, defend it. So maybe she was never, maybe she never grew up in the, you know, in the projects or anything like that. I don't know. Um, so, I want to throw up my favorite scenes uh, or favorite scene rather. And um, if you have any, please throw them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this scene cuts off pretty starkly, but I think at that 44 minute mark, um, Candyman first pop it up in the parking lot. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. Come with me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it ends pretty abruptly when you hear um, <laughs> when you hear uh, uh, Anne-Marie screaming uh, like a banshee. I was like, all right, then uh, that's the end of the scene that I liked. Done. Yeah. But, but that's probably Done. my favorite scene of the movie. 
it's just, and, and again, you get that crazy, like, and this is not, you know, it's not like that overhead aerial footage that we're getting, but just like the confusion, the blood, the, mm-hmm. like the move, the screams, like that shit is troubling. I'm probably going to have nightmares. I just rewatched it earlier. Like I, t- I put it on. And when I got to that scene, I was like, Oh, I need to watch like Disney channel or something. <laughs> like I know that I'm going <laughs> to, I know I'm going to be scared later. Cause it's just, it's, it's shot that well. And it's so jarring. Like she's over here cheesing. That's like me. When I get a film roll back, I'm like, Oh, I'm looking at my negatives. It's like oblivious to the world. Yeah. Oblivious. Next thing you know, you and you in trouble. You in a lot of trouble. I think. I think the. I think the scenes generally before we get to that kind of climax that involve Candyman, like he's doing something. Those mm-hmm. are the best ones because even the scene because it's so stark and it's the first like murder you see on screen. Even him, yeah. the therapist. I was like, oh, oh, you really murdered this dude. You hooked the shit out of him. He's dead as fuck. <laughs> Or he Candyman did a little bit that was a little bit more damage than he needed to do. I mean, he went overboard on everybody, but like my man was just sitting there like waiting for his next appointment, bro. <laughs> and got hit got his spine, his whole spinal ripped out. He got the wild predator done to him. Dog. This okay, this is more so because it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. So when they do the police lineup. Yeah. Oh. I'm a Candyman, bitch. I was like, look. I'm a can- <laughs> bro. <laughs> usual suspects head ass no they really went through that lineup and it and that even that's what i'm saying we need a series because even that little bit i was like oh this is fucked like you're gonna catch you're gonna catch this dude but then like how many black dudes go and like misidentified and all this stuff and like these white ladies and then he's like oh we got him out this way and like we never had anyone before like we don't need the boy like god man the writing is just so good and apparently that kid was a really good actor because he was like a one yeah. take Jake kind of guy. Really? Yeah. Um, but that goes that echoes my sentiment about leather jackets in this fucking movie. Because mm-hmm. dude pulled up with a wild leather jacket on when um, what is uh, Trevor wearing when he's out there dicking everything down? He pops yeah. up for dinner with the leather jacket on and a scarf. Yeah, the leather like, on. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't notice Trevor did have the leather on after that. It might be like sometimes every now and again when you see things repetitively, I don't think it's a coincidence. I'm like, no, yeah. you're, you're signaling. They're something. too smart for that. Maybe it's something to do with like we kill cows to get our. I, you, I could go. I could go. Freaking. They're too the slaughter. Theorists. Yeah, I'm like we're slaughtering these animals to get what we want. Our jackets, like I don't know, man. You could tell me anything with this, and I'd be like, that director's that's a, legit, a damn that's, genius. That's legit He's a genius. Bro. Yeah, I believe um, it. All right, so here's here's my one fix. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I want to get your take on this. Um, okay. I would have dropped or modified the Trevor component. Um, I would have made him either. She was Helen, like him being the husband. It doesn't work mm-hmm. for me. Um, because once I'm realized, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Because I forget that she comes and kills him at the end of the movie. What's the matter, Trevor? Scared of something. I forget this. Right. I, um, I totally forgot that. I was like, we got an MCU post credit scene situation. Right. There, I, I forget that whole thing. I thought, oh, once the fire happened, she's dead. That's, that felt like conclusion to me. Yeah. Um, but when we go back and start, as you rewatch it, with remembering, having that in mind, mm-hmm. uh, it's like, yo, you didn't know this nigga was out there digging everything? Like, what are you saying? Right. We didn't get enough time with Trevor to, like, when he has that flashback of her cooking and stuff, I was like, oh, being in a long-term relationship, you're like, oh, you do, like, when they're not here or something, you do think of some of this stuff. So I was like, you didn't even really start to get any type of connection with Trevor until that very, very yeah. end of it. And it's like, what do you mean, where were you, Trevor? Like, I don't know what kind of relationship he's in, but if if I, if I miss the call at 3 a.m., and she's when she's in the bathtub and she's like, where were you? And he's I'm like, bro, like you're you're done. You're yeah, done come on to better lie, G. <laughs> right. Like she caught you right there. I, I don't know. Yeah. Trevor was kind of like extra. Also, the girl were... staring her down. When, like it was just all like, that was that was kind of like too in your face. I think I think the other thing that doesn't work as well as they they wanted it to. I would have omitted it or made her because she's a grad student. So with mm-hmm. it. With the notion of a grad student, I'm not thinking of someone who's married, especially to a fucking professor that's there. Right. It just feels like 
if you were the ages you, threw me off. Yeah, because if it was it one did. of those things of because even the pictures from their relationship <clears throat> looks mismatched. It looks like you somehow lucked up into a younger chick, and this is what you do. Okay, I thought my brain. I was like, I had a long day. Maybe I'm not thinking because some of one one of the pictures I saw. I was like, is this the? New I thought it was the new chick. I thought it was too. Right. And I was like, why would he have a picture? Then I was like, oh no, this is her younger being a grad student who's on the older side of grad students. Yeah. I was like, this is not. This doesn't work. And I I teach undergrads like TAs and stuff like that. I, yeah, the age the age stuff definitely threw me off. I was like, maybe I'm just being too picky with this. But they both seem too old. Like they should have been press professors going for tenure or something or going mm-hmm. for doctorates. They shouldn't have been grad students. And then I think with Trevor, yeah, the, the age stuff, like that you see it. Um, but that was one of those like out of touch, like, no, that's not actually how that's not reality things. And I think if you omit it, because it really doesn't drive anything related to Candyman ahead, it makes it look like. No, it doesn't at like all. No. You came back to be a vigilante to avenge your flawed relationship. That's right. what ultimately happens. And that doesn't add, it doesn't take anything away from it, but it doesn't add right. anything at all. It's like we needed Trevor to not be like uh, like to not be a likable character. So it's but it's like that doesn't matter because honestly, Candyman's going to do what Candyman's going to do. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, he doesn't really play any role in that other than she has someone close to her thinking she's going crazy. But I think that you could have had that purpose served by another friend. If you're going to kill Bernie off like that, like maybe they had right. another, maybe they had a, like maybe that professor, that one who was reviewing this stuff, wasn't a dickhead. It was right. like a mentor to them or something like that. I would have cleaned it up. Yeah, able to clean it up. Um, even if, even if Trevor, if you wanted to keep Trevor in it and made her like, made him like her fucking like mentor, but they're kind of hooking up or right. what have you. Right. Which you could add the same little, thing. Yeah, it seems a little bit more on brand, but to make them married, it's like, it makes oh, me think shit, of the age thing. Bro. Yeah. So if you had done that, but then you also could have had the new girl. So it's like, maybe Trevor is looking at her like, Oh, I like, I'm having multiple relationships with students. And I think she's going crazy because she's being phased out. Like, Uh I know it's a trope and like, please, no disrespect to any, um, women listeners or anything. Like I'm not saying, but it's a trope and it's a horror film ultimately. So it's like, you can lean into some of that stuff and then subvert it. Yeah. I think that would have been dope. Yeah. And it's a 30 year old movie as well. Right. I know. Yeah. Like 30, like that, they would have had no problem, you know, <laughs> all the stereotypes that we get for everything. They would have been like, oh yeah, throw it in, throw it in. So these are, this is the last thing I want to cover. Um, what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've talked about this pretty much the entire episode, but I think yeah. the, uh, the score works pretty much every piece of music in this movie works. Yeah. Um, there's no rappery rapper hip hop nonsense because 90s hip hop would not have worked in this. Uh, really, it would have made me uncomfortable. It would have put. I would have been like, "What white producer said we got to get some <laughs> hippity hop in here?" Like that. That's how it would have played out. You know, like oh, it, it would have been shit that didn't work. It's like, yo, why are you playing right. NWA? This is Chicago, my guy. Right. Um, the urban legend storytelling to start off the thing and get you right in, as I was touching on earlier, I think that that just works effectively. It gets across like nobody knows what the hell is going on, but it's at least the consistency of the hook and Mm -hmm. your hair turns white. And then she hears that again. It's like, Oh yeah, we're at ground zero right here. Yeah. Um, some of the attire doesn't work. I'll say like, literally it's a lot of vests. I mean, it was best central. I know we had a lot of vests in the nineties, but it was like best. And damn, because now I'm like, am I wrong? Because all the images of my mom, I think of from the nineties, like she legit has a vest on. Like it doesn't matter what tracksuit, vest on top, <laughs> like dress shirt, vest on top. I guess we did have a lot of vests, but this is Brooklyn. A I, don't, I don't know what was going on in Chicago. This is a three-piece athletic attire. <laughs> right. This is the, here's your suit, and then here's your vest to go with it. There's your gym apparel. There's the matching vest. Yeah, yeah Jordan's a lot of puffer sure. vests. Yeah, because even your man's Trevor, he had the wild like sweater vest, cardigan vest when he sat down for dinner. I was like, sir, come on. I man. mean, honestly, most of the dudes in Brooklyn dress like Trevor now. Like oh, Trevor, I don't know. That's a whole. He needs his own side story because my man was going through some stuff. I don't know. Uh, lastly, um, Anne Marie, the character and the actor, do not work. Um, yeah, it, it, it's, and it remains, um, 
and, and this is the same person that was in uh, uh, New Jack City. Yeah. And New Jack City, and I was like, maybe it's what you choose or what have you. But I was like, I feel like you're acting and it's not working. Anne-Marie. And that's uh, Vanessa Williams, yeah. Vanessa Williams, This Hurts Me, was the only actor in the film that pulled me out of the film. The only actor. Every time. Every single time. I mean, I and I was trying to, I'm glad you said that because I was trying to justify it to myself. Like this, you know, you see the dog, Teddy, you see everything. And she's screaming and she's pulling her hair and everything. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, put yourself in the person, in the mind of like a mom who's maybe in one of these bad communities and you come home and your baby's missing. Then I'm like, why was the baby in there? What are you, what are you doing? What is pulling your hair? Like, go look for the baby. Like the dog is watching the baby. Right. Yeah. She pulled me out. The best part with Anne-Marie was Vanessa Williams. I'm, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> the best part with Anne Marie was when she showed up at the end at the funeral and didn't say a fucking word. And I felt <laughs> like that baby, the baby, the, whether it was a fake baby or not, was like doing better acting than Anne Marie did in that film. And like her with the fire and she's looking strung <laughs> out and everything. I was just like, bro, what is happening? I don't know. I don't know what was with that. Um, if that was a director's choice, but then we're talking about other films. Thank you for allowing me to get that out. Cause I was so, <laughs> I was so troubled by it. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I don't know what that would be like. I don't have a baby. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just like too, it's too much. It's too far. Everybody else I think has like a very natural response to what is going on yeah. in the film besides her. I, I think I, cause I try to be fair too. And I think that's what I was getting from you. We we get it double down though, right? Yeah. Because when she's in the the remake sequel, it's like, yeah, oh, you're not gonna be better. <laughs> no, she did. I, and I was acting. thinking about that too. I was like, maybe she was a little bit more subdued, but also like, no, no, actually, no, she wasn't. I think they were just like, fuck it, just go, just go with it. Like people just are gonna remember that. Let Vanessa cook. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad oh that that's out there. I just had to, I had to speak my truth about that one. I don't know. Helen as a main character was just fucking killing every scene she was in. Her and Tony Todd, the chemistry, the power, just the strength of that was so good. And and, and one of the things that, and, and this is pretty much where we're probably wrap up or what have you. Yeah. I, I like when movies, if you're if you're doing something like it, 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 you you we've seen a lot of different stuff like the. That's that, going with um, Virginia Madsen, that mm-hmm. scene where she's uh, being investigated, it felt very invasive. Like when she's taking out the bra and it's covered in blood and all of that shit. Oh, that was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucked up. Uh, it's like that, they, they yeah. captured the confusion. They captured that confusion that's there. And it's like, well, this is what happened. And it was happening. And it just showed like how shitty Trevor's going to be. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to head out. I got to go do some. Some work, I'll be gone for a little bit. Hey, what are you? So you go? I gotta go pick up some work. Like, bro, your wife is <laughs> is about to be charged with murder, murdering a black child. Part of this other story that now has local and national attention. It that yeah, Trevor. Trevor was a damn mess. I mean, he just had to get it. He had to get something. She murdered a dog, and we know we care about dogs more than little black babies. So right. That should have been enough to stop Trevor in his tracks. You know, <laughs> white people would say, what she did, what to a dog? Although, wasn't it like a Rottweiler or something? So maybe yeah. they were like, oh, this is a black, a black dog. dog. That's a black dog. Yeah. <laughs> they associate. And it was, I think the dog was black too. Yeah. They're like, all right, we'll let it go. It's like, ah, uh, nah, he's good. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. Um, Let's let's real quick um, throw out there. I'll give you the, the data because you asked about this earlier. So yeah. as far as IMDb.com is concerned, um, this has gotten a 6.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 77% fresh. Metacritic, shocker, mm-hmm. gave this a 61% fresh. And um, what? Google users, 83% of Google users like this movie. And with Google, that's not even like they rate crazy high. Yeah. I think everybody who doesn't like this movie is a racist. <laughs> wow. No, I'm playing. But like, honestly, having, you know, my family's from Brownsville here in Brooklyn projects. I still go over there all the time. Like, yeah. I think that it's just something about this film that if you 
understand the black community or you come from any of these types of areas and you see that kind of invasiveness or the ways we saw this shit during the during the um the riots and the protests and, and things like that after Freddie Gray and whatnot. Like yeah. when the news comes in, those cameras go up when they can capture that kind of stereotypical stuff and the academics come in and all the think pieces come in. It's like the ways the movie just is so smart in the way that it captures the black experience, the experience of someone who thinks they're doing right by going and investigating, but actually it's like causing more problems. Like, I don't know. I think it's way smarter than, than it gets credit for. Mm -hmm. And it should be a lot higher in some of those like horror, like it shouldn't even be in a top 100 horror list. Like people need to view this as like a, just an amazing film in general. Yeah. Like it was just, yeah, I think it, it does a lot. Out of 10, where you, what are you giving it? Bro, I'm surprised by this because before I rewatched it, you know, you see it as a kid, teenager, like throughout my life, I've been like, okay, it scares me. I'm scared of Tony Todd. I'm scared of bees for the, the history that we've spoken about. Yeah. I'd give it like between a seven and eight. Watching this film as an adult, excuse me, my dog is acting up because she's trying to give her rating right now. Can you calm down? Um, I would give this... Honestly, I would give this like a nine, bro, like a nine out of 10. Like this is a really, really good, clean, fast movie. There's, there's not really like the stuff that we were saying we would remove or change. It's like, they're small things. They're not main plot points. Yeah. They're not huge things. Um, this is, this is one of the better, better films that like we've, we've discussed, I think, um, yeah, I think he, I think it's aged like a fine wine, bro. This this is a good one. What about you? I'm I'm probably going with that that seven to eight, and I yeah. didn't have a connection with it when I was younger because it was mm -hmm. one of those things of I was aware more of the second one than the the first one. It was just like mm -hmm. you know, just we're not watching horror movies. That was just a thing. Um, and I will say consistently, I can watch the movie each time. And I remember movies pretty well. I can yeah. watch it each time and still be interested, still be brought in. So it's, it's probably, it's probably about an eight for me. Yeah. Um, and I watch a lot of horror movies. So that's, that's a piece. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, horror is good, man. It's just so good. And I'll throw this last little tidbit because we got to bring it back home to Baltimore. Yeah. Philip Glass was born January 31st, 1937 in Baltimore, Maryland. See, I knew I liked Phil. I knew I liked him. I swear, I paused it. What was it? It was like 30 seconds in. I paused. I said, who did this fucking music? How dare you start this film off like this? Wow. Where, where's our Philip Glass club reprise? Let's make right. it a thing. I'm about to make it now. Yeah, I'm going to make a <laughs> Philip Glass uh, fan IG account. Let's get it going, guys. I'll send the ads out. Let's, let's get it to 100 followers by next week. You feel me? So... There you have it, folks. Um, we just knocked out a review on 1992's uh, Candyman. Um, so big shout outs and thank you to my lovely co-host, Isaiah Winters. I'm always, I'm always here for it. Of course, of course. And I was, I'm always excited to talk about the films that, you know, we're going to cover. But this one, I think, yeah, Tony, you just have some legends in there. You have some yeah. legendary work going on in this film. So um, for the fine folks that want to check you out and check more about your work or what have you, although we're not talking about your work per se, but for want to check yeah. you out and maybe give you movie suggestions or what have you, like, hey, man, you know what? You wrong about Candyman, brother. We're going to check you out on, uh, on IG. Send all the smoke, please. Um, I'm at Isaiah RW on IG, so I-S-A-I-A-H-R-W. Hit me up on there, my website, email, everything. Um, movie suggestions. Philip Glass uh, compliments. Do not send any Philip Glass slander to me. I will report you. Um, but yeah, you can find me on there. Um, and you'll find me on more of, you know, more podcasts with, with my man Rob here. So thank you for having me, man. Totally, man. So there you have it, folks. Um, check us out on all of the podcast platforms, wherever you get your pods, and uh, on Instagram at Let's Watch It Again. Um, hit the DMs. Let us know if there's any movies you think you would want to hear us uh, wax, uh, wax poetically about. And um, yeah, until next time, keep watching those movies. Uh -huh.